Uh, we weren't satisfied with having dominion over this world. 
We wanted to have dominion over God himself. The serpent came in and he twisted God's words in our hearts and our minds were poisoned against God. And we were no longer satisfied with having dominion over the whole world. We wanted to have dominion over God as well. As long as he could tell us what to do and what not to do, as long as he was king and ruler over us, then we would know that our dominion was limited in some way and subordinate to his. And so we went against his will and chose to do our own. And that decision, you know, it affected our hearts and our relationship with God was, was broken. We chose him to be our own kings. But that rebellion against the true king, our claim to be our own sovereign, amounted to treason. And you can't have more than one king in a kingdom. We have made ourselves enemies of God. But the whole Bible is about God acting to restore his creation and his people. The whole Bible is about God reaching out to his enemies and making them his friends. We've been in the Gospel of Mark for, for most of this year. And you'll recall that the, the, the Gospel of Mark began uh, with this proclamation uh, that somebody was coming. And that somebody was none other than God himself. And he, and he referenced two of the people's prophets. The first one is Malachi, the second is Isaiah. Both of them speaking of the coming of the Lord, the coming of God himself to his people. But in Malachi, God is coming in judgment. And in Isaiah, God is coming to bring peace and comfort. Now, why did Mark start his gospel off that way? Why did he start his gospel referencing these two prophets who spoke of God himself coming? Two different purposes. One to judge and one to bring comfort and to redeem. Why do we do that? Well, he did that because we see that in the first advent of Jesus, when he first came to his people, that he came for both purposes. He came in judgment of the priests and the leaders of his people, but he also came to comfort and heal those among his people who needed comforting. Now, I want you to listen to the rest of the prophecy from Malachi, what he references, because, um, because I think it really helps us understand. This is what Malachi is saying. See, this is God speaking. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. And he, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the ascendants of Levi as the priests, and he will refine them like gold and silver. Mark begins his, his gospel, quoting this prophecy. See, I am sending my messenger before me to prepare the way for me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Okay, now I need you to stay with me here. Because in our readings this morning, we are told about a king who comes to receive a kingdom. In the reading from Daniel, we heard this. This is verse 13. As I watched, I saw one like a human being, or one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the ancient one, God, and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and kingship 
that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall never be destroyed. That's one vision of the coming of the Messiah in the Old Testament. Another one occurs in Zechariah chapter 9. Listen to this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and glorious as he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And his dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Okay, now stay with me. I know that's a lot of Bible, but listen. In both of these prophecies, the Messiah of God comes as a king, and his kingdom reaches to the ends of the earth, and his dominion will not pass away. But there's a key difference. And did you notice what the difference was? It was the method, the mode of his arrival, the mode of his coming. In one, the king comes in the clouds of heaven, and in the other, how does he come? He comes humbly and riding on the donkey. So we have these two different purposes of God in Malachi and Isaiah. One is coming in judgment, and one is coming to comfort and heal and redeem. And then we have two different modes of his arrival to his people. One he comes in the clouds, and the other one comes on a donkey. Why? Why are those two different purposes uh, given? Why do we see those two different modes of arrival? Well, this is something that the rabbis struggled to comprehend. And, uh, and, and one of the things that they did is, is they would go through the scriptures, as you know they did, they, they reverence these things. And they look at these two things and they said, well, how can this be? How did the Messiah both come on a donkey and come on the clouds? And you know what they said? They said that if the priests and the people are good and live by God's statutes, then the Messiah of God would come in the clouds of heaven. And establish his kingdom. But if they were not, if they abused their power and neglected the widow and the orphan, then he would come humbly riding on a donkey. Now, this is people that don't necessarily, they don't believe that Jesus is the, is the Messiah. But this is what they believe the Messiah would do when he came. He would either come in the clouds, if they were, if they merited it, if they were worthy of that kind of arrival. But if not, if they had, if they had not kept God's statutes. He would come on a donkey. And how did Jesus come? How did they, uh, how did he come? How did the Lord that they were seeking suddenly come to his temple? He came riding on a donkey. Because to his temple he came in judgment. And to those being a Savior, he came to bring comfort and healing and grace. Today is Christ the King Sunday. We celebrate the coming of the King of Kings. We claim him and honor him as our Lord and Savior. But what kind of king is this king that we, that we worship? Well, he's the kind of king that leaves all he has, all of his glory and honor, and comes down from heaven so that we as creatures who chose to become his enemies could be remade and reborn and redeemed. He's the kind of king who goes out of his way to seek the lost and to bring in the outcast and to heal the broken. He's the kind of king who, even in the midst of all he had going on, had time to stop for a blind man begging on the side of the road. I mean, everybody else said it was a nuisance. He's the kind of king who had time for little children to come to him. 
even when his own people were telling them to go away. He's the kind of king who stands outside the tombs and weeps because we were never meant to be defiled and ruled by death. He's the kind of king who takes off his own robe and wraps himself in the garments of a slave and washes his disciples' feet. He's the kind of king who allows himself to be judged, to be falsely accused and wrongly condemned. He's the kind of king who allows himself to be stripped and beaten and crucified. And he's the kind of king who, even while the people he has come to save are mocking him and driving nails into his hands, forgives them and cares for them and loves them. He's the kind of king who came to rescue his people, even at the cost of his own life. But he's also the kind of king who could not be defeated by death. He's the kind of king who rose again, trembling death down by death itself. And he's the king of kings who, who now reigns on high as, as our great king and our lord of lords. That's the kind of king our God is. That's the kind of king he's always been. Back when he first made us, that's who he was. And when he comes again, that's who he'll be. And even now, that's who he is. And the question for us today is, Will we be like those Black Friday shoppers, grasping for stuff that doesn't even matter? Or will we open our hands and our hearts and receive whatever God has for us? Will we be like our first parents, grasping for power and control and choose to be our own king? Or will we surrender our wills to his and allow him to truly be king in our lives? Will we continue as we close out this year to insist on enthroning ourselves? Or will we enthrone Jesus in our hearts as King? Will we perceive His coming as a threat to us and reject Him in our lives? Or will we receive Him joyfully when, we come, when He comes? Ultimately, it comes down to that one choice. Who's going to be King in your life? Will you exalt yourself or will you exalt Jesus. As we look forward to that season of waiting and anticipation, as we prepare our hearts to receive Jesus when he comes into the clouds of heaven, and as we remember him at his first coming in Bethlehem, to be Emmanuel, to be God with us, let me encourage you this morning to enthrone Christ in your heart with this passage from Paul's letter to the Philippians. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfishness or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and 
that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God. Amen. Please stand with me. We affirm our faith in Jesus. 